Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. If you want to relive the feels on Grey's Anatomy, Hulu is here for you. What are you waiting for? Let's go. Every episode of Grey's Anatomy is now streaming on Hulu. Seriously. Every. I'm your person. Every. Now we dance it out. Every. McDreamy. Every. McSteamy. Every Grey's ever. Now streaming on Hulu. And the new season streaming March 15th. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. This is the most dramatic podcast ever. An iHeartRadio podcast. Chris Harrison and Lauren Zima coming to you today from a spectacular location. Um, We couldn't be further from Austin, Texas, uh, literally. I'm looking out at the ocean. I'm feeling blessed, shining, shimmering, splendid. And I'm really happy after having just come off of a week about death. We are in Maine uh, for a very specific reason. We are in uh, specifically Ogonquit, Maine. Yes. Is that, that correct? Is I, I hope that correct? so. Uh, Ogonquit, Maine, uh, just out of Portland, Maine. Um, we're up here because uh, LZ has been up here working for a week. Explain to us why we're in Maine, why you were in Maine. Um, I talked a little bit last week. Um, you weren't around, and so Maria Menounos was nice enough to fill in. I was explaining to everybody. Who you were talking about? We were, of course. I, you know, I can't get through a week without talking about you, but just how special this week was. And I wanted you to tell the story, so I didn't fill anybody in. But now we can uh, divulge where you have been and why we're in Maine. Yes. So we have saved this uh, podcast uh, for today, which is actually National Grief Awareness Day. Yeah. Um, it's perfect timing. I've just come off of a week of volunteering at a camp, a summer camp for children who specifically have experienced a major loss in their lives, the loss of a parent or of a sibling, or if not a parent, their primary caregiver. Um, this is a camp, an organization, a nonprofit called Experience Camps, You will notice my voice is still gone after a week of screaming and yelling and laughing with kids nonstop from 7 a.m. till midnight every day. The voice has failed me again. But um, Experience Camps uh, was incredible. They have multiple locations. I, based on our schedules, um, was put at the camp in Maine, uh, a camp called Somerset Camp for girls. So this was an all-girls camp. The Experience Camps does week-long camps for girls, for boys. Um, and it was just incredible. Basically, how the camp works is that the idea is kids who have experienced major loss are going to be able to come to a place with other kids who have experienced major loss. Um, And that's very rare for them, right? Um, I lost my dad when I was in college and I was, you know, the first person I knew who had experienced loss. So imagine if a child is nine years old or 12 years old, how few kids they know who have 
Um, so they're able to come to this camp and be around other kids who have experienced loss, be comfortable in their grief, talk about their grief. Yes, laugh about their grief because grief can't be funny. Can be funny uh, if we're not laughing, we're crying. So it's good to laugh. Um, and then the way it works is every single day we do something called a sharing circle with a grief specialist with the kids. That's a place where for about an hour they can talk about their grief, get a little bit of you know counseling on their grief, um, advice and feedback and help and love. And then for the rest of the time, it's camp. It's, it's fun. It's fun. It's a place for them to escape. They do activities. They do soccer and arts and crafts and water skiing and that's drama a, as well. Theater. I did, I did. Come on. Okay. We'll get into it. I did teach drama every day. Um, very excitingly, the camp asked what I what my experience was, and I said I got nothing on sports on sports, but I do have <laughs> acting. So they let me for the first time teach drama at the camp every day. Can I um, ask you? And it was wonderful. Before we jump into the nuts and bolts of this camp. Um, and there are a many, many reasons why I love you, but oh, good. <laughs> I, I need to explain to everybody how this happened because it is, I, I wish it was more normal, but it's not normal what you did and how you found this camp. We're going to get involved in supporting this camp. And then all of a sudden came to me and said, I'm leaving for a week. I'm moving to Maine because now I'm a camp counselor <laughs> again. just something that moves me about you is you don't just talk about something you through everything at this. Oh, wow. so how did this happen? How did you learn babe. about experience camp? Well, um, yeah, it is weird to be in your thirties and say to people this summer, I'm going to be a camp counselor. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, I usually post about my dad. I lost my dad when I was in college. My little sister was also in college and my brother was in high school. Um, he had been sick, but then he, um, had what they call the widow maker heart attack. That's the big one. You're not getting through it. Um, and so it was in many ways sudden. Um, and you know, it, it broke my family. Um, and we have pulled through, there are so many silver linings about grief. I think in many ways, grief made me a better person. I look back at, um, the kid I was in high school and college and like, I was kind of worse. <laughs> it gives you wonderful perspective at a young age. And so over the years on Instagram, I have usually posted about my dad on the anniversary of his death. I'll try to talk about what I've learned about grief this year, a takeaway, because grief is a process um, that's lifelong. It's always with you and it's always changing. And the loss of someone you love deeply never leaves you. And that's okay. Um, it also gives us wonderful, again, perspective on life um, and uh, perspective on joy. So I got a message from a follower and I've tried so hard to find this message. So if you were this person, please DM me again. Um, a message from a follower that said, I know you always post about your dad. I feel like you need to know about this camp. And they sent me, um, info about experience camps and, oh my gosh, I, my first reaction was, I wish I'd known about this camp sooner. Um, the first camp was back in 2009. And honestly, I would have pushed my little brother to go back then because um, we lost my dad in 2010. Um, and so I reached out to the camp. I think they very gently at first were like, I said, I'd love to be involved in some way. And they were like, so yeah, would you like to come see the camp for an afternoon? Would you like, like what would you like to do something on Zoom? What would you like to do? And I said, well, can I come be a counselor for a week? <laughs> They were surprised, but very happy and welcoming. And um, they fit me into Maine and I'm so grateful they did um, because not only was it, um, I mean, I went into it, people call it the best week ever. I went into it hoping maybe I'll have a positive impact on one kid. That's my hope. But instead I walked away thinking that was a perfect week. It couldn't have gone better. We laughed, we cried. Um, I felt so close to these kids and it was wonderful. I barely got to talk to you much because phone hey, service is it? spotty and you're not supposed to have your phone and all that. But let me just say, no. when I did get a chance to talk to you and I could hear your hoarse voice, <laughs> um, I could just tell the impact this camp, these kids, the other counselors were having on you. And it's almost as if you went to a camp as well. You just seem like a changed woman. And and and, and I, the best thing I heard from you, I've never been happier. You said, and I know that sounds weird. You're at a grief camp, but I don't even remember saying. You that. were like, I've, I'm just so happy, and you were kind of yeah. crying. You were laughing, 
it just seemed like such a beautiful experience. And you, you, when I saw you yesterday, because we finally just met up again um, as you were at this camp and I flew up here to Maine to meet you, you just had this glow about you. Well, there's, I've always felt there's something, first of all, really special about all my love to you as my partner, but mm-hmm. being around other women. Yeah. Um, so I think it's awesome that the camp does girls camps and boys camps. It's a very comfortable space. Um, and to be around... Like, look, first of all, a group of women gets ish done. This camp was so organized. (laughs) Shout out to Rachel, who was the director of the camp. So organized, so well run, set up structurally for support and for joy. Um, One of the camp chants was, that was awesome. And we would chant it. For we did a talent show one night, um, and that even, you ran, you 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 hosted, emceed the talent show. I did. I co-hosted as Barbie. <laughs> well, yes, we'll get into that. Um, but <laughs> but even if a, a bunks talent, even if a bunks act didn't go super great, we chanted that was awesome because it was such a supportive place, and everything everybody did was great, and um, it was just a place where like the power of being able to be comfortable about grief. And these kids talked about that, that, you know, normally in their lives, they even have to comfort adults about grief. Um, Like a a kid will say, oh, my dad died. And an an adult tenses up and doesn't know what to say. And so for these kids to be able to be comfortable and also for the adults, like we're often having, I remember when I first started dating after my dad died, look, it's very normal. People, a a guy would say on a date, so what do your parents do and where do they live? And then I have to say, well, you know, my mom lives in Chicago. And then, well, where's your dad? Well, my dad's dead. And then they're like, oh, and then you're like, no, it's fine. I'm fine. And really you're not fine, but you don't want to scare somebody off. Um, so just to be comfortable in grief was really powerful. And, um, then to like, laugh. I got to give a shout out to my bunk, the Colts. They were so special. Uh, my co-counselors, uh, Heather and Kat and Carly and our bunk, uh, campers. We had the triplets. We had Nellie and Iko and Cami and Kaya and Hayden and Daisy and Jaden and Judith. And they were so, so wonderful. Um, I, was blessed to have kids who had been to camp before to see the way that they, that camp had affected them, how, how, um, how developed they were as eighth graders in their emotional intelligence was so wonderful. And like, at the end of the day, these are kids at camp in the morning. We would sometimes cry and laugh about our, uh, we had a lot of dead dads, shout out to the dead dads club. And then late at night, like they were farting and, um, <laughs> being silly and like practicing their act for the talent show. And it was wonderful. And it is. And I, I want to express something you told me, because honestly, when I heard grief camp, I'm like, okay, so they get together for a week and just live in their grief and talk. <laughs> it's like, no, it's a camp. They, yes. They're, they're, yes, they are. Everyone has this shared, uh, grief, but this is a camp as well. And they're going water skiing and they're playing soccer and arts and crafts and all the camp things. It's just, they have this one singular thing that unites them and, and made it so beautiful. And honestly, I have tried over the years, like, look, I did improv comedy for a long time. And that was what I taught this week at camp improv comedy. Um, if for my drama class, <laughs> uh, thank you to experience camps for letting myself Bays, who's a wonderful Broadway star and uh, beanie. Who's an incredible actress. We got to kind of pilot the drama program. We each taught drama every single day. And I did improv comedy uh, with the kids because improv is about support. Mm -hmm. The one rule of improv is you don't say no, you say yes and. And that was what camp was about too. And look, you got to laugh about it. My bunk cracked me up. Um, We had great conversations where like, Look, uh, the triplets, their dad died of a Widowmaker too. I said, hey, high five for a Widowmaker. You know, it happens. Um, and we just had some really funny moments. Like I remember one of my campers um, shared that uh, when she first found out her dad died, it, she, her mom told her at night and her mom had just come back from a business trip and usually her mom would bring her a teddy bear. And so she thought she was getting like a teddy bear from her mom's business trip. And she goes, I thought it was teddy bear time. I soon realized it was not teddy bear time. <laughs> <laughs> so these kids are able to laugh about it. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's what life's about, right? Is about finding the joy. So I was so impressed with that. They were, you know, here to cry, here to laugh. And, 
That's what connects us all are those shared human emotions. So grief camp shouldn't be scary. Um, and it wasn't at all. And uh, speaking of joy, as you brought many people joy at camp this week, um, as Barbie, uh, how did you get uh, the moniker Barbie? Again, my Colts, the bunk I had. So I don't even fully remember how it started. I had brought a pink hat to camp and then another counselor, I'd forgotten a, a fanny pack and fanny packs are big at camp. And another counselor, Hannah had an extra one and she let me wear her pink fanny pack. Um, so I was wearing pink and then I think somehow the Barbie movie came up and my voice doesn't sound like it now, but I was able to do a very good, hi Barbie, hi Barbie, hi Ken. And the campers were like, oh my gosh, you sound just like her. And so they started calling me Barbie. And then I was showing them I really can do a very good um, walk on the tiptoes, how Barbie <laughs> never you yeah. know, flattens her feet. And it grew and grew. And then my wonderful co-counselor Beanie and I got asked to co-host the talent show. And Beanie goes, oh my gosh, what if you're like stereotypical Barbie and I'm weird Barbie? <laughs> We're like, yes. And then we had our three judges, Jesse and Hannah and Baze, and we said, what if they're Ken's? So they were Ken's and one of them um, was, I'm Ken and my job is Lake. I'm Ken and my job is bunk. Jessie runs the camp social. So she was, I'm Ken and my job is phone. And it was so wonderful. Um, we got to be Barbie for all of camp. I've put some videos up on my social, please check them out. Um, and it was just hilarious because, you know, listen, this talent show, like everything with grief camp, it isn't really about like a winner or a loser. So the Kens gave their job, their feedback as Kens. Um, I believe Hannah at one, at one point, one of the skits, the kids just poured water on each other. They were just being silly. But late Ken said, I loved all the water <laughs> and it was great. Um, so yeah, I got to be Barbie and I really, um, I should be thanking experience camps for letting me just act and be stupid. Yeah, I, I, I think, I feel like I sent you off to camp. It was great. <laughs> Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you want to relive the feels on Grey's Anatomy, Hulu is here for you. But what are you waiting for? Let's go. Every episode of Grey's Anatomy is now streaming on Hulu. Seriously. Every. I'm your person. Every. Now we dance it out. Every. McDreamy. Every. McSteamy. Every Grey's ever. Now streaming on Hulu. And the new season streaming March 15th. What was it like to not talk to me for a week? Um, unbearable. Wow. Thanks for saying that. We really didn't get a chance to talk much. And, and uh, I was, um, I had to go to, well, what made it even more difficult this week is I went to a friend's birthday 
um, that you obviously a mutual friend of ours, you were at camp. And so I was the 29th wheel at this wedding. As we <laughs> talked this, about, were wedding, you triggered? At this birthday. Yeah, because we had just talked about this on a podcast of, uh, you know, I thought those days were over. Being the single friend. But I went to Tucson to celebrate a friend's 60th birthday. And everybody, of course, was couples, families, all that. And then there was me. Um, but everybody welcomed me. And I, I, I tried to bring your energy of Barbie. I, I fell short, of course. <laughs> no, um, but it is National Grief Awareness Day, uh, which is why it's so apropos to have this discussion and dive into this. And to help us out today, we have a very special guest. LZ, why don't you introduced our our mystery guest today. Oh my gosh, for the grand finale, we are going right to the source of Experience Camps. Welcome to Jesse Moss, Senior Marketing Manager at Experience Camps. And after this past week, um, I would now say my very dear friend, borderline family member. It's weird how close you get at grief camp, isn't it, Jesse? <laughs> it's so true. Uh, I just look at you and I will always see you as Barbie. <laughs> so you are forever ingrained in my head as Barbie. That's funny because I do Bar the same thing. <laughs> But for very different Lauren reasons. Lauren was on her tiptoes for the whole entire talent show, and I was a judge for it. And I was just like, oh, this girl is committed to the bit. It was it was incredible. You were. You well, were I should clarify. Yes, actually, I maybe should have even introduced Jesse this way. Jesse was one of the judges. Jesse was phone Ken. Oh, yes. Um, I, I've seen videos, by the way. Yes. <laughs> Jesse's job was phone. Okay. Because she does all of these social media for experience camps, um, has grown the TikTok to, I think, almost 130,000 followers at this point. So incredible. Um, so, Jesse, you do such great work. And we wanted to bring someone on from camp today because, again, today is National Grief Awareness Day and wanted to bring in an expert to kind of help our audience with some takeaways on how to be more aware of grief and also to raise uh, the awareness of camp. So first I wanted to ask you, because I've noticed some of my friends have asked me this, why is experience camps called experience camps? It's a really, really great question. It actually started back in 2009 um, as one program, a boys program in Maine, and it was at our now CEO's um, summer camp that she owned with her husband. Um, and the name of the camp was Camp Manitou, and they just named it Manitou Experience. They were going to have 29 kids there, 29 boys uh, for a week. They had never done it before. And then at the end of the week, uh, they all looked at each other when the kids left and kind of had this like, holy shit moment of just like, what the hell did we just do? Did we break these children? Like <laughs> what happened? Um, and I think after that, they just received so many messages being like, this was the best thing that ever happened to me. I feel I'm not alone now. You changed my life. And then they realized like, we need to keep going. And so they took it from Manitou experience to broaden it. Now, when they started opening new locations to be experience camps, because there were so many in this year, we had 1,200 kids, so up from 29 boys in Maine to over 1,200 kids this summer and across six states. Wow. And are there even more applicants? Can you? Is there a max number we can take at this point? Yeah, we had a big wait list this year uh, for campers and for volunteers, um, especially because of TikTok. Um, you know, so many people, I think grief is already such an isolating experience. Um, and so places like, you know, social media, TikTok, Instagram, all these places that like can do a lot of harm also can do a lot of good for people um, because they can realize they're not alone. And that's what our programs do. Like that is one of our primary goals. Um, so when people see it, they they jump really quickly to want to be a part of it because a lot of people in the real world aren't talking to them about their grief, aren't asking them questions, aren't, you know, thoughtful and intentional. So the second they see, even if it's a dark humor video, which is my favorite kind of <laughs> yes. um, video to make or these dark humor grief videos, because that's just who I am. But, you know, a lot of people want to be a part of it and I don't blame them. And, and we want to bring in as many people as we can, but we do have a wait list and we do have a limit just because of sizing. We, we aim to grow every year, but um Luckily, we have a lot of digital programs that we started sort of a silver lining uh, during COVID. So we have like a, a grief camp in Minecraft for kids. So for all the kids that didn't get to go to physical camp, we, you know, showed them what uh, camp in Minecraft could look like. We have a program on Roblox and really just the stat is and it's 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 horrible. But the stat is six million kids will experience the death of a parent or sibling by the time they turn 18. And we serve 1200, which we're really excited about. But how do we reach those six yeah. million? And that's really the work we're trying to do. 
Well, and the way you just said it's an isolating experience, I think that's why I love it being called experience camp, because to me, it is the grief experience. And um, it's complicated, it's layered, it's different, and yet similar for everybody. Um, And that was a beautiful thing about camp is that you connected with people who understand this experience and also realize that everybody's experiences are are different too. Um, I wanted to ask you about... uh, where to donate? Because you just said, you know, um, 6 million kids, where can people donate so that we can help? Because I know experience camps is also looking to the future and potentially opening more locations if possible. Yeah. Cause eight months ago, Lauren and I didn't know this thing existed. Yes. <laughs> and so yeah. now we're involved, but would love to get everybody else involved. Yes, please. That would be great. So we, every child that comes through our doors pays $0 to attend our programs, every single program. And we will forever keep it that way. It is so important to us because kids are already dealing with so much after the death of someone in their life. We never, ever, ever want money to be the reason someone does not have access to our resources. But because it is free, we we do a lot of fundraising. So it actually costs us around $2,500 per kid to send them to camp and then to have the programs that we offer throughout the year, which are like camper reunions. We send them like a birthday postcard. We send them a holiday postcard and we do like game show nights and things like that. Um, you could donate on our website. It's experiencecamps.org slash donate. Um, all the money goes, you know, to, to serving our kids and making sure our programs are, are running and, and we're growing. Like I said, we, we started with, you know, 20 something kids in Maine in 2009, 1200 kids this year. And, and we have no plans to, to stop growing. Um, we're hoping to open more camps in the future and, and do more digital programs to reach those 6 million kids. So, Jesse, we brought you on as an expert on many things from TikTok to grief at this point. Can you talk a little bit about your story, how you got involved in experience camps? Because actually, Jesse has an entertainment media background like us. You even worked at E! for a little while. I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been all over the place in my career. I always say I've lived like nine lives. But I, I came to experience camps after the death of my brother. Um, his name was Jordan, and he died in 2012 by suicide. Um, and for so long, I didn't do anything. I didn't talk to anyone. No one talked to me. I didn't even really have a therapist. Like I just didn't know what to do. And the world told me I should be moving on. So I did. Um, And it wasn't until 2018 when someone told me about experience camps and I came as a volunteer that like my world was turned upside down. It was like some of the first moments where I said, you know, my brother died. This is how he died. This is who he was. And people didn't give me that like look that you usually get when somebody, you know, offers up information like that. And I just, I sat there thinking like, I need to live here forever. <laughs> like I'm not leaving. It's so and hard luckily, to leave. So hard to leave. And it's such a beautiful space and, and all of the people are amazing. And so I ended up applying for a full-time job. This was in 2018, got hired as our national program manager. And it was, it was incredible to sort of like flip the script on my life, not only like in my career, but with my grief too. I went from being surrounded by nobody had experienced grief to being around everybody who had experienced grief. And that is like earth shattering, an amazing way. It's hard and it's sad and there's so much grief, but like there's so much beauty in it too. Um, And then in 2021, my mom died from a seizure and having that experience was, there are no words to explain the pain that came with that. But I will say being in this community, having experienced camps, people around me, like it, it was it was just different. Mm. It was just different. I, I felt seen. I felt supported. People asked me questions. You know, there's no like right thing to say or right thing to do, but it felt like people were doing the right things. And that was huge for me. It, it definitely seemed like the counselors got as much, if not more out of these camps than the kids did. I know Lauren I know. came back a changed woman, which you is almost, a wonderful. You almost feel selfish saying it, but I mean- yeah, it it is a two-way street because you go there as a counselor and many, not all, but I, I would say, do you know the statistic, Jesse? It's say 80%. The, 80%, 80% of counselors had experienced a loss as well. So see, she's on it. She knows. Um, this is why we needed an expert. Um, but you go there and people had different amounts of time that had been since their loss. Maybe they'd had different levels of therapy or help. Um, but you, I think just the the simple thing of being surrounded by other people who had experienced loss too, like you said, I mean, 
I was in college when my dad died. So none of my, just none of my friends had had a loss at that point. Um, and it was the first time still at this point in my thirties, most people I know still have both their parents. So to be around other people who'd experienced significant loss for the first time is going to make you feel seen for the first time. And I, yeah, I almost felt selfish in that way. Um, so I just kept trying to give as much as I could and left camp exhausted because I thought I have to give more than I'm taking from this. You're not selfish at all. <laughs> it's such, it's so common to hear people say that. Like I used to, part of my job, you know, a few years ago at experience camps was interviewing all the volunteers and I'd be like, why do you want to do this? It's time after time after time. I want to transform the lives of kids. I want to transform the lives of kids. And I would, I would just start, sort of laugh to myself. I'm like, they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know that they're going to leave and they're going to be the ones that are transformed. And then, you know, exactly what you're saying. People come home and they're like, I'm different. Yeah. And I, I, see, I feel seen, I feel hurt. You're just on a different wavelength when you've experienced the death of someone in your life. When you can be around people who are on that wavelength, it's just, I get the chills thinking about it. It's just really incredible. So, so for, much pain into purpose. You know? So many people are hearing about this for the first time. Um, and if they have suffered through this loss themselves and they're listening to this or they have a child, talk about the age group how they can get involved, when these camps start, are they throughout the year? Uh, as you said, they're in six different states now. Um, so kind of give uh, folks hearing about this for the first time details. Yeah, absolutely. So um, our application process for 2024 will open on November 1st on our website, okay. experiencecamps.org. Um, so the kids that we take are going into fourth grade in the summer through going into 12th grade in the summer. So okay. that comes out to like nine to 17-ish. For volunteers, you have you just have to be 19. You don't have to have experienced the death of anyone in your life. Like you can come and just be a good person who wants to help. Um, those also open on November 1st. And then all of our camps are basically in August um, because we're using other camp facilities. We basically, when their kids leave, we come in. So they all happen to be in August. So if you've got, you know, a free week in August or this speaks to you, um, definitely, you know, sign up for our newsletter, um, get your name in there on, on November 1st because- we fill up fast now. Jesse, I'm going to throw a big question at you, but having gone through loss yourself and also working at experience camps and around loss for years now, today is National Grief Awareness Day. What do you wish people were more aware of about grief? Mm. How long do you have? <laughs> <laughs> That's turns out, have turns so out many- our entire lives because the grief process is never over. So. <laughs> But I'm Ching, that was going to be one of my answers, actually, is, you know, a lot of people say, you know, a year later, like, shouldn't you be moved on by now? Hmm. Like, that was a year ago. Or even like, my brother died 11 years ago. And people are like, that still affects you? That's something that like you deal with? That's a long time. A lot can happen in 11 years. But you're absolutely right. The grief process never ends. It's with us um, for life. And and sometimes I've heard people say, like, it gets worse as time goes on because you're missing them more or things are happening in your life where they're not present for. Um, and I, I think another thing that I would love to share with with your audience is, is, like, while there's no right way to show up for someone after someone dies in their life or there's no perfect thing to say, there are things better than what you're probably currently going with. Like many of our kids say, I'm sorry for your loss just doesn't work for them. You know, the classic, like, Oh, I'm sorry for your loss. And then the kid has to be like, it's okay. Or thanks. And they don't, they don't feel comfortable with that. And and even if you genuinely mean it, there's just some, there are better things to say. Um, You know, a lot of people will say something like, let me know if there's anything I could do for you. But after my mom died, I got that like 10 times. And I'm like, okay, Paul from high school, I'll be sure to call you if I need eggs. Like, there's no, <laughs> you know, like, what am I going to do with that? So I always tell people like concrete things that you can do for someone are so important. Like, you know, you can ask them when you're ready. I would love to hear a story about your mom. Or I remember when, you know, we were kids, your mom did this or as simple as, hey, I'm going to go to the grocery store today. I'm going to get you eggs, milk and butter. And if I don't hear from you by three o'clock, I'll be at your house at 3.30. Just really concrete things that you can do for people really go a long way and make the person who's grieving feel seen and understood rather than sort of isolated and confused. Be proactive. Yeah, I think a lot of what you're saying is a lot of response that people automatically go with, like, I'm sorry for your loss or 
what can I do to help puts the onus back on the grieving person. Like you said, then they have to comfort them and say, Oh, it's okay when it's not, or try, they have to try to think of something or just say, no, I don't need anything when really they do. Totally. Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you want to relive the feels on Grey's Anatomy, Hulu is here for you. What are you waiting for? Let's go. Every episode of Grey's Anatomy is now streaming on Hulu. Seriously. Every. I'm your person. Every. Now we dance it out. Every. McDreamy. Every. McSteamy. Every Grace ever. Now streaming on Hulu. And the new season streaming March 15th. What about the the timing of it? Because Lauren and I were laughing and I know some of the kids talked about this at camp. Look, locks and bagels are great that first week. Um, the casseroles are wonderful. Yes. But this- I, had, I had one camper say, gosh, that first week we ate like kings. <laughs> because and then another iconic quote from our bunk, a camper goes, man, people really thought edible arrangements were going to cure my grief. <laughs> but to, to that, Dark humor, Jesse, dark yeah, humor. But to that, so jo- real. to that joke, is there something that uh, we, and I say we, people that haven't experienced this and, and working with people who just lost somebody. Is there a timing thing of week two, week three, week four, when the circus moves out of town and you are still sitting there with your grief? Yeah, it's an amazing question. And I actually saw a stat recently that um, for kids specifically who are grieving after three months, pretty much everyone disappears from their life. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of things you can do. I think we go back to what we had just been talking about. Grief never ends. Um, and so what can you do knowing grief never ends? So here are some things that I'll tell people is one, um, put that person's birthday and the day that they died in your calendar, put it in your calendar and set it as a reoccurring, um, calendar invite. So every year when that comes up, you know, I'm going to this person. Our lives get so busy. We're going to forget those days, Mm -hmm. put it in your calendar. Super important. And then the other thing is like, a random Tuesday or a Sunday night when like nothing is going on, reach out to that person, say something, ask for a story, tell them a story, interact with them because those days while the birthdays and the death anniversaries and three months in and one month in, those are excruciating. So it was like a Sunday three years in. Yeah. Like I have a friend who still texts me asking me for stories about my mom. My mom died over two years ago. So I think it's those random days check in consistently, um, the birthday, the death anniversary. And then we've heard that holidays are really hard for people, you know, especially if someone's missing at the table or they used to go to this person's house that died, those days can be really hard. And then of course, Mother's Day, Father's Day. I always used to joke like 
National Siblings Day seems to be every month, or is it just me? <laughs> you know, watching all these people post pictures of their siblings, and I'm like, well, I know that. So there's days, but also it's like all the time. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, that's because grief never ends. Yeah, that's probably one of the biggest things for me is, and I actually remember telling you this, babe, in our relationship is. I like actively told you, I want to talk about my dad because I think people assume, you know, even if, even if they know you've had a loss and I know they're coming from a place of trying to be sensitive, but if I bring up my dad, I've noticed friends will sort of, you can physically see them tense up a little bit, get on edge and, and then they don't know what to say. And they, and then you almost have to say, look, I'm not trying to bring the mood down. Like, I want to talk about my dad. I want to still tell stories about him. If he was here, I would still be you know, saying, oh, dad, remember when you did this? So you don't want to lose those memories. I love that people still text you asking for stories about your mom. I would love it if somebody thought about my dad and my family, like send that text out. Let's keep his memory alive. Um, and I think people are worried you're going to kind of, uh, you know, rip that scab off. They're worried they're going to upset you. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that you say that. And I've gotten that a lot. Like, I don't want to make you sad. And my reaction is like, I'm already sad. Yeah. You know, <laughs> my like, mom died. I'm, I'm sad. sad. My mom literally died. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, random friend. Like you're not going to make me more sad. Right. It exists in me. Yeah. My grief is me. I am my grief. So like, if that is a part of me, like I can't get more sad than I already am. Like, sure. Maybe I'm having the best day ever, but if you t- text me asking me about my mom, it actually makes me happy mm-hmm. because it feels like her memory is living on rather than people just ignoring it. So I think that's really important is like, we're already sad. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It was interesting to hear some of the kids talk about um, the way that they talk about their parents. Some of them said that when they meet people, and I used to do this too, when they meet people for the first time, they actually pretend their parent is alive because they don't want to get into the complexity of explaining it to a new person. And then they'll just end up comforting that new person. Um, so yeah, I think one of the biggest takeaways too, is just that initial reaction. Like you said, maybe instead of tensing up and saying, Oh, I'm sorry for your loss. If someone tells you that say, Hey, thanks for sharing that. Gosh, you know, like what was your dad's name or, you know, what was, what was he like? Um, and it really can just totally change not just the conversation, but a person's whole perception of you. Um, so, yeah. Well, you, you two have given people a lot of tools. So it is National Grief Day. So if you are listening to this podcast and you know somebody who has lost somebody, reach out today. Mm. Ask them for a story. Ask them to tell you something about the person they lost or you tell a story. Like we have given you the tools. Do something today. Make that a point. And being National Grief Day, before we let you go, is there something you want to say to the masses and everybody listening today? So much, Chris, so much, (laughs) but uh, you know, I think grief is, I know grief is something that is going to happen to a hundred percent of us, Mm -hmm. 100%, not one person on this earth will be spared. So the sooner we start talking about it and making it less taboo and showing up for the people in our lives, the more comfortable we'll feel, it'll still be excruciating when it happens. It'll still be the worst experience like you may ever have in your life. But if we stop making grief so taboo and we can have those conversations and we can stop making those like faces when someone tells us that, the better prepared we are for when it happens to us. So I think like Chris said, like it's simple. It's really, really simple. Like one step today, take one step today, send out a text. Even if it's just a heart, I'm thinking of you. Send send that one tiny, tiny moment. And the sooner we're able to talk about it and make it less taboo, the better our, our world will really be. Thank you so much, Jesse. Thanks for your time. Again, it's experiencecamps.org. You can learn more about the camps there. You can donate there. Uh, follow Experience Camps on Instagram and TikTok. And Jesse, in honor of you, I think we're just going to end this interview with um, one of your wonderfully dark humor TikToks. We're going to play out you with the slogans that this summer you had kids come up with new slogans for grief camp. Thank you, Jesse. You're so welcome. Here they are. Asking kids new grief camp slogans. Beeps dying, but we vibing. Less family, more friends. Die, laugh, and love. Big old smiles for grieving childs. Tears and cheers and overcoming fears. Came to grieve, didn't want to leave. Weeping sorrows, happy tomorrows. Obsessed. I think my favorite one was um, less family, more friends. <laughs> uh, 
look. That's that surprised me as someone who has not dealt with this like you have. The laughter and the jokes and, and all that because it's it's for for us it's something that's so taboo we would not want to you know it'd be like tiptoeing on glass. Well, one thing we all talked about at camp is how wild is it that grief is a guaranteed experience mm-hmm. in every human being on this planet's yeah. life, and yet we are not educated about it in school. We are not not only not educated about how to experience grief ourselves, but how to talk to someone who's experienced grief. There is no real discussion of grief in school. Like you learn sex ed, but you don't learn death ed. And so um, experience camps, just bringing that awareness um, through their social, through the camps itself is really doing work that we should all be getting. Um, And it was interesting for me because grief is, Again, it it's always with us and that's okay. Like I want to remember my dad and I think a takeaway I had from camp this week was I was surprised by how much I cried. Um it in my mind, you know, it had been 13 years since I lost my dad and I I have done a lot of healing. I feel confident in saying that I'm not in the same place that I was when he first died and I want to tell people that the phrase um time heals and, and this too shall pass. Like grief does get better. It does get easier. It is not this hopeless, endless road of sadness, Mm -hmm. but I was reminded this week that it's important to still kind of think about that pain. Um, I thought I'm very healed and, and I don't really have those big, deep cries that I used to have, but I was shocked in our sharing circles that we did every day this week. Um, and in our campfires, we had, Um, three campfires during the week or at campfire, you hear letters from some campers that they've written to their lost person, or even at the very last campfire, every single camper gets up and says who their person was that they lost and maybe says something about them. Um, I was surprised that I cried every single time when I started talking about my dad and I will now. Um, And it really made me realize that I need to um, make a little space to cry about him sometimes. Like that's okay when someone is that that powerful of a force in your life, your parent. Yeah. Like you're still gonna feel that sadness, and it's important to feel that sadness. And I'm really grateful that Camp reminded me of that this week. Um, and loss is complicated. You know, we had um, people who had lost parents who were abusive. So maybe they aren't missing that person. Maybe that loss was in some ways a relief, but it's still painful. Um, We had people who lost parents they'd never known. Maybe their parent died before they were ever born. But a beautiful thing about camp was no matter what your loss is, we respect the differences in grief and we celebrate that some of those experiences, that the qualities about those experiences are similar and bind us all and unite us all. Before we go, I think uh, we'd be remiss if you didn't tell us a quick story about your dad. One story that I shared this week, we had a great activity in our sharing circles where the kids got given a blank puzzle Mm -hmm. and they could draw on the puzzle. And the idea was, what are the pieces of that person that you remember or that matter to you? What are pieces of the puzzle of grief? Interpret it how you want. Um, I'm really bad at drawing, but I just drew, uh, music notes. Um, and I tried to draw a stage, (laughs) which was just a half circle. (laughs) Um, my dad and I, like probably a lot of people relate to driving their kids around. Uh I know you've talked about how driving the kids being their Uber driver before they get their license is such quality, important time in the car where you kind of get them to yourself and you get to hear about their day and they're, they're actually listening to you in a captive audience. Um, my dad and I used to, he would pick me up. He was always the picker upper after, you know, me being at a friend's house and we would listen to Frank Sinatra and he, we would talk and Frank Sinatra was our thing. And one of my favorite memories, I can't believe I have this memory, but when I was four, my dad took me to see Frank Sinatra. My first concert was Frank Sinatra. And I remember he picked me up and sat me on his lap so I could see And the fact that like, even that I was four years old and he was taking the time um, to have that experience with me 
I'm so grateful for it that I had a dad like that. I'm so grateful that even for the short amount of time I had him, that I had a dad who showed me love and who um, taught me love. And, you know, not everybody has that. And I saw that this week. So I'm very grateful. Um, a contest that Lauren will never lose to anyone I know. <laughs> and that is when you ask the question, what was your first concert? And she says, Frank, Frank Sinatra. Sinatra. It's pretty dope. Mic everybody drop, has it. walk away. You're, you're done. Um, Actually, if I may quote one of our campers to end this podcast, because it's um, relevant to that puzzle that was the activity we made. Um, again, please donate to Experience Camps if you're able. Um, reach out to me if you'd like more information about the camp or to the camp themselves. Um, or if you just want to talk about grief, I'd love to hear everybody's stories. But the we had a camper who said, Everybody in our bunk is important. You know, some of us are more quiet. Some of us are louder. She said, I'm not calling anybody out. We're different, but we are all an important piece of this puzzle. And we're perfect as we are. And our counselors are the glue that's holding this puzzle together. And mm -hmm. she really sent me with that one, um, saying that they were all perfect as they are. It was so beautiful because I thought these kids are learning more about than more about grief. They're learning to to love each other um, as flawed and as wonderful and um, to celebrate each other. It was amazing. Well, I love you. I'm proud of you. What an incredible week. Um, and you can go to experiencecamps.org, learn more about it. Um, this is National Grief Awareness Day. So as we said, while we were talking to Jesse, take a moment, reach out to those people today who have lost somebody and be proactive and just know that we're thinking about you as well. We love you. You are loved. And we will talk to you again very soon because we have a lot more to talk about. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at the most dramatic pod ever and make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. I'll talk to you next time. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80 live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.